Welcome to episode 28 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC anime universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And, uh, oh, I just realized we our podcast survived 27. It survived the death year. What? You, the 27 is the death year. It's like when a whole bunch of people die. Everyone dies at 27. Oh, the the, the celebrity curse? Yeah. I it's like it was 33. No, it's like 27. Cause wasn't Heath Ledger? Hang on. I'm pretty positive it was 27. No, because Cobain died at 33. But uh, hang on. Immediately on to research. Hey, 27 Club. All right, we're off, okay, a, good, we're off yeah. a good start here. Um, forget the origins. Let me take a look here. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's go from the newest back. Anton Yelchin. Oh, R.I.P. Anton. Uh, Amy Winehouse. Uh, yeah, it is the year, right? I was the 27 Club. Yeah. That was when Cobain, Co- Co- yep, Cobain, Cobain started it, yeah. Well, he didn't start it, but he was like, he's, a, he's a pretty prominent one. There's a lot of people in here. I'm like, yeah. I guess Heath Ledger wasn't 27. As soon as I thought he was. Um, oh, I don't know. There's It goes back. Oh, Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. It was probably those three in a chunk yeah. that really sealed it. But we made it through. It's funny that you think we're famous like on the same level as these people. I, I did not say we were famous. I just said With that our, we, like, we, our podcast made it, beyond, followers. made it beyond 27 episodes. That, that's exciting. Yeah. Applaud to us. Yeah. I mean, who knows if, who knows if we'll make it past 27, Cameron? I mean, you're pretty close. I, I'm on the, the latter half now. I'm now officially in my late 20s. Ha. I know. Shut up. There's an old person over here. <laughs> and you, you are still very firmly in your mid-20s. Yeah. You rosy young bastard. Um, but beyond the fact that we survived that, we actually do have things to talk about this week. We got uh, Paging the Crime Doctor. And we got mm-hmm. some Zantana. Zantana. Oh, I love her. I do, too. I, I didn't realize she's like, DC jokes that she's their like most famous minor because she didn't like it's been it took her so long to get her own series. She was I, always just like a background character. It took to like what 2010 like, or something? Something like that. Yeah, because yeah, Paul Dini was writing it. Like I of course, discovered yeah. that today in my my research, which it fits. He's a great writer for her. Yeah. But she like I think until Identity Crisis and in 2004, she wasn't ever a prominent character in any DC story. Like she was there. Yeah. But yeah, she's a she was a like, frequent member famous. of the Justice League. Yeah. Like, but, yeah, frequent, but not necessarily front and center. Mm-hmm. Like, even in this, she'll make an appearance by the time we get to JLU. Oh. And she has a couple episodes yeah. where she's pretty involved. Like, uh, This Little Piggy, which is one of my favorites. I love that she, yeah. yeah, that is a great episode. She's pretty central to that. Um, yeah, but I guess I haven't really read anything where she's prominent. Um, she has a really good arc in uh, Injustice. Oh, oh yeah, I just remember, I still haven't finished that actually. You should. Yeah, like Next I think game's the, coming out soon. The last I've never played the game. We can play that for ten minutes and forget about it. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna pick that up. The comic is great, but I, yeah, I think like the last two collect editions weren't yet on Comixology, so I hadn't downloaded them. I gotta check that out though because I want to see how it ends. Because I think it's all prequel to the first game. Yeah, I think that's the way it works. Um, but no, she's really good on that. That was like one of the first things I read of mm-hmm. hers. Um, I guess we have a tiny bit of news up front. Not yeah, much. Go for it. Tiny little bit. Basically, just that the the latest on the Batman is that it might get completely rewritten. <laughs> Which Good. I suppose, Good. yeah. Why not? I, I mean, why not? I mean, honestly, it's probably for the best. I mean, I think it's better to have a new director come in who has a very precise vision and wants to do his own version than have someone come in and be like, oh, I guess I'm shooting the script I had no development process in. Yeah. So, but I guess the sad part about this, we may <laughs> no longer see Joe Manganiello play Deathstroke because we don't even know that character will still be in there or not, mm-hmm. which is too bad. I, I want to see Deathstroke. I like him. I like Joe Manganiello. I think he's a good fit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is there another villain you think you would like to see pop up in there? <sighs> I mean, I know who I don't want to see, which is the Joker. Joker. Uh, or uh, 
I have mixed feelings on that. I don't like that version, but if it's a better person handling it, maybe we can get, maybe they can kind of bring him back mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, we've done so many of them now. Would you would you stick to like A B list, or do you want to go more like because because in this universe it's so gritty? I think it'd be interesting if they did one of the like serial serial killer and play on the more detective side. That's true. Yeah, like we we got a a, a truncated version of Zaz, like a brief version of Zaz and Begin. So maybe we get a longer version of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it'd be cool to see them adapt at some point. It's hard to do the Long Halloween because we've already done the the Harvey Dent to Two Face storyline from Long Halloween before. So it'd be hard to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Hush could be cool. That I was thinking Hush. Yeah, I think that's what I was thinking. Mm. Condiment, yeah, Condiment oh my King. God. I, you know what? I would love to see the gritty DC EU version oh, of man. Condiment King. It's just like hot ketchup. Yeah, it's just it's like, it's like it's like jalapenos like chopped up into it. To yeah. Really like spicy like horseradish that's mustard to, to burn. <laughs> just, uh, Condiment King would make. <laughs> he just goes around and just sprays people right in their eyes and just watches them ah. writhe in pain. Then just super gritty um, bat, bat flack. Like, what do I do against this monster? He kills him. That's what. Yeah, he solution. runs his he car just... into his. No, he becomes a villain because, as like in the big Superman chase, he like ran over his hot dog cart. He's oh like, yeah, so he's bitter about it. Yeah, <laughs> I will get my vengeance, you bat fiend. Batman just like shoots his tank, which somehow explodes. Yeah, even though it's just filled with mustard. <laughs> that okay? You know what? That I do want to see. Yeah, I'm, I, forget every other plan they have. Let's do a feature length movie with the Condiment, condiment King. Condiment King. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it, DC. I. You know what? I I wouldn't put it past them at this point. I absolutely wouldn't. If only, um, if only dreams could come true. Get Neil Patrick Harris in it. There you go. Okay, Neil Patrick Harris as the Condiment King. I'm on board. We're writing. If you guys didn't know, we're writing the script. Absolutely. They haven't yeah. announced it yet, we're, but. <laughs> After this podcast, uh, it's going to end at 28 because we're going to give this up and full-time commit to writing Batman versus the Condiment King. Yep. What would it be called, though? I don't know. It's got to have some horrible pun yeah. in the title. Uh, oh, I don't know. I'll think. Maybe, maybe I'll come we'll up with it. We'll yeah. figure it out. We'll figure it out by the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't think there's any other real news, right? That's that's kind of it. Uh yeah, I mean, uh, Iron Fist came out, but we'll we'll talk about that. Later oh yeah, that plugs. We'll, we'll, we'll plug that later. Um, okay, so I guess at this point, then we can just get not so straight into the episode with paging the crime doctor. Yeah. What did What did you think of this overall? It was fine. Yeah. Um, I was slightly comparing it to the last time we had like a villain family episode. Which was the big train PSA with Cromwell? Oh, why Cromwell. Can I never remember the goddamn name of that episode? Never too late. Sure, I want to say yeah. yeah, that sounds right. I'll say it is um, with Arthur Cromwell or whatever his actual name is. Yeah, I don't. I've completely, <laughs> completely forgotten at this point. Too many generic villains. Although this is probably one of our most referenced episodes. A little bit, yeah. But I still don't remember. Like for us referencing it, not again in the show. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, because it was train PSAs. That's what started the whole PSA movement. Oh my god, there so, was those like ten episodes where so many trains. Something was being like, yeah. Batman was fighting against something. I feel like we've seen a dip off in that. I mean, unless this episode oh, yeah. is about like medical ethics, which I, I don't think is a think so. children's targeted PSA. Don't play with medical lasers. <laughs> there we go. PSA, which of course looks like a gun because all prototypes in this universe look like guns. Yeah, but yeah, it's. It's kind of fine. I think it's it's generic a little bit, but it's on the good side of their generic episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a very kind of 
left turn heartfelt ending. Yeah, that I that was definitely my favorite part of the whole thing. <coughs> um, but yeah, they found a way to at least kind of cap off the end with a nice little poignant mm-hmm. thing. Because I mean, the whole setup here basically is that uh, Rupert Thorne's brother Matthew Thorne is the crime doctor. Because at some point in the past, I think it was uh, Matt had to pull a bullet out of. Rupert, right? Yeah. So they briefly go over the backstory of, yeah, um, Matt was a kind of well-acclaimed private practicing doctor. That's right, yeah. Uh, and Rupert, we assume this was years before he became like a crime boss. Mm-hmm. He came to him to get a bullet removed. He didn't report the bullet to the police. The police found out, and they uh, removed his license. That's right, yeah. So now he's kind of the underground doctor for the crime pe- for the crime. Yeah. So yeah, Lords. anyone gets shot or wounded or whatever, they come there. Except the when when we first meet him, he was doing the like fingerprint removal surgery. Oh yeah, and he wasn't even like wrapping up his fingertips; he was wrapping up the middle, like his palm. And I'm like, what guy? He's getting his palm print removed. Is what he's I doing. guess so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you think? Do you think that's still a thing now that we have like thumbprint sensors on our iPhones? Removing your fingerprints? Yeah. Do you think there's, know. like, a whole bunch of people who, like, had their fingerprints removed who now are just like, shit, I can't use this? I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's, like, three. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there has to be someone on this there's planet. There's at that, least one. Someone on this planet who voluntarily had their fingerprints removed who now, like, struggles to open their iPhone. Yeah. And that just makes me really happy in a well, really I bet, like, ironic way. <laughs> especially after um, Gattaca. Oh, that's right. Gattaca did it. They were probably, like... A couple dozen people that got their fingerprints removed. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be tracked in any way. How how do they think the men in black use their smartphones? Because they had their fingerprints removed. Typing in a password like a normal fucking person. But they're on the go, man. They're running after aliens. They ain't got time for passwords. So I've never used one of those fingerprint scanners. What? You don't? No. That's so convenient. I don't even use it for my laptop. Well, I don't use it for my laptop either. But I use it for my phone just because it's so much easier. Yeah. At a certain point, like you have to basically switch to it when you get a new enough phone. Well, I, do, I also just don't lock my phone. You don't lock your phone? No. I don't have... What are people going to do? Find my photos of Batman? Yeah, I suppose that's true. I mean, I don't know. I have zero... Like, I have no saved passwords on my phone. I have... No, you don't have, like, banking logins? No. Or... I don't know. Nope. Keep it all in my head. No, no Like, a, what if, like what, a dumb person. What if someone goes in and starts messing your Tinder account? So? <laughs> It'll probably be for the better, that, to be honest. You know what? That is actually the best possible response to that question. <laughs> go for it. I openly every time I see every time I go back home, there's always like one female friend that's like, "Oh, let me mess with your Tinder profile." And it's like, like, "Fine, go for it." Yeah. Anything will change. Like anything could happen. I really don't care. I, I always tell my friends, "You're welcome to." The one rule is that you can't just do like this. Always swipe yes. Oh, because that annoys me. Like you can, you can, you can swipe whoever. And then if I don't want to deal with them, I just yeah. What do, what do they used to call that Tinder? Uh, like Tinder running. Oh, is like, that a term? Supposed to like just do oh, like, just oh, that's yeah, genius. Run with your, like, 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 what people can't see is I'm doing like a running motion. Yeah. on my phone, audio medium. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure some. I think one of my friends told me about that. He was in a frat, so it made more sense. Okay, yeah, he would. Not to frat shame, but I'm frat shaming. I mean, I think frats can be shamed at this point. Yeah, right. Do they really offer anything good for the world? Uh, white privilege. Okay, well, we always need more of that. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, speaking of white privilege, Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Yeah, frat boy extraordinaire. <laughs> Uh, actually, I have nothing to say about Bruce Wayne. I was talking more about that. So um, the quick plot of this episode, since we're now yeah. 12 minutes in. Yeah. Um, but, okay, go ahead. Uh, Matt Thorne, or Rupert has, like, 
He has a tumor. A, a tumor, yeah. Like around his heart or on his chest or something. Yeah, uh, and Matt isn't qualified enough to do it, and so he goes to try and find the other doctor that he used to work with to assist him with the surgery, the other doctor being Leslie Tompkins, yeah. who's also Bruce Wayne's doctor, who also knows... Thomas Wayne. Yes, who knows Thomas Wayne and also knows that Batman is Bruce. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, we all know who she is at this point. Yeah. It's like her third I, or fourth episode. Yeah, I guess that... Uh, Thomas and Matt and Leslie were all like super close in medical school mm-hmm. and they went by the three musketeers because that's something everyone knows and is in the public domain. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I, I didn't quite, I mean, I know it's a setup for the episode. I didn't quite buy the fact that Rupert couldn't go someplace else to get like, that is an incredibly complicated surgery. Like to remove a tumor from your chest. Yeah. Like, and I, was, I was kind of hoping they were going to use that laser for something. Okay. Thank you. So, yes. so okay, yeah. So another big point I forgot to mention. Okay, yeah, so there's a prototype laser that Rupert is stealing just to steal. He's, like, giving it to his brother. It's, I assumed it was going to come back at some point. Right. It doesn't. No. But it's it's a medical laser that's basically just a gun that shoots, like, a high-powered, like, searing laser, which when would you ever use that on someone? Because it, it burns through, like, metal and everything else. He said so. it was some kind of, for, like, brain surgery. I guess, but, like, I'm sorry, if you pointed that laser at someone's brain and shot it, it would just go through their whole brain. Like, yeah. I guess if your brain surgery is, like, lobotomizing someone, sure. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was – so I thought – I know there's an episode coming up where Bruce goes deaf. Uh, blind. blind. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. I thought he went deaf in this – because uh, they shoot – It's blind as a bat, not deaf as a bat. Whatever. <laughs> they shoot his ear off, and then Bruce, yeah. like, stumbles and falls. Yeah, he's and so got a concussion. I thought they, like – I thought it was some kind of, like, sonic device oh. in the beginning. No, we already got a, a sonic-powered gun in Vertigo. There can be more than one. That's absolutely true. Uh, and so he, when he, like, falls – I thought like they like shattered his eardrum or something, and he was gonna oh, have to like okay. fight using his his normal senses, <laughs> his eyes, <laughs> like like a like an idiot. Yeah. Um, Wait, have, hasn't he already had to use his other senses? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, in Vertigo, he just closed his eyes and navigated his way. Yeah, through because he can because he's a bat. Yeah, I'm a bat. Um, there's another thing that um, yeah, lasers, Matt. I did like the uh, the car chase at the beginning when Batman yeah goes after them. Like it's got some classic Bat moments. Like he's like hanging on the roof of the van and they're shooting through it. He like jumps up onto the front and lets his cape block the windshield, mm. which is done a lot too. I always love it when he does that. Yeah, I was I was hoping he was like gonna like leave the cape there. Oh and, yeah, like, jump like around the back or something. Do something kind of quick and clever. Yeah, but he, I mean he held on through the crash, which is kind of cool. Yeah, he held on as it like crashed into like a light pole, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, but he's Batman, so he's that's, ba- okay. that's true. He's very impressive. Um, but yeah, so anyways, I, so I didn't buy that Rupert wouldn't need to go to a much more sophisticated doctor to get the surgery done. But okay, that's that's the setup at least. Yeah. So he goes and he kidnaps Leslie and basically forces her to assist. Mm-hmm. And they even burn through the surgery really fast. It all happens like off screen. I I kind of thought they were gonna use that as like a, a dramatic tension point, but no, yeah. just like once Rupert gets out of the surgery, he's just gone for the rest of the episode. Yeah, well, they say he's, like, recovering Right, which, which makes sense, but uh, it just I thought that was interesting that he just yeah. he's basically pulled entirely from it. Oh, and the, the reasoning Matt is doing all of this isn't because he's his brother. It's because uh, Rupert Thorne said that he would get oh, his medical get his... license back right. if he helped him with the surgery. And so yeah. that's why he's begging Leslie for help. help. Which, uh, one, does he really believe that's going to happen? And two, that just goes to show how shitty Rupert is. He could have done that if he can do it now. He could have done it at any point. Could have yeah. done it at any point. Yeah. What a shitty person. I know. They, this was like a, such a 
Rupert Thorne is such a one-dimensional villain. He's just like straight bad. He really is. With no redeeming qualities. No. And even like when you put him in an episode with family, like, in, I mean, he, at no point does he ever do anything to like help Matt out. Oh, never. Right. It's not like even, um, you know, he kind of alludes the, to Matt's like, oh, like, look what I had to become to like keep you safe or whatever to protect you. But it's like, at no point does he ever, Rupert never made a decision that would benefit Matt. He's just always done things for himself. At least in like, Crom- like Cromwell's episode. There's a little bit of that, like they were looking out for each other on some way. Yeah, but yeah, Rupert Thorne, piece of shit. Yeah. Um, so after the surgery, um, the goons were told uh, to kill Leslie. Yep. Even though Rupert said they weren't going to do any harm to her, obviously yeah, they're going to kill her afterwards. Yeah, I mean she's a witness. Like, yeah. I mean, well, I guess she knows where their medical facility is. That's why. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess that's the reason. I mean, you could like theorize too that Rupert wouldn't necessarily want everyone to know that he just had like an invasive surgery when he had a commission. So mm-hmm. maybe on two fronts he'd want her gone, but they want her gone, and it's yeah. like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Yeah. So Matt, being like the decent person that he is, knocks out the goons, uh, and is trying to escape with Leslie. All while this is happening, Batman is kind of figuring out the plot for himself, and this yeah. is when he learns that Leslie and Matt were also friends with Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pulls out their yearbook. I wanted to ask you about this. So there's a random number next to his name, and it said 1907, and the person next to him was 1926. I don't think that's birth year. Wait, that was next to the picture in the... Yeah, in the yearbook, it said Matt Thorne, 1907. Oh. And then next to him, it had another name that said 1926. Oh, I don't... And I, I double-checked, because my first thought was like, oh, that was like their MCAT score or something dumb like that. Right. But I saw MCAT scores, like the highest you can get is like a 550, I think. Okay. Yeah, but you're right. Birth year wouldn't make sense either because we know that there's a, a loose, ambiguous timeline. But I think at some point it's confirmed that this series takes place in the early 90s. I think we see it on like the magazine cover and the Great yeah, Ghost. Yeah, and stuff it like says that. 92. So, in one so of we the can episodes. assume this takes place in 1992, which would make that guy 95 years old yeah. or whatever. Um, so it's, that's probably not it. And, 85. And 95. 80. He was born in 1902. 85, thank you. Yeah. Right. Math. Uh, leave it to the art kid. I know. Right? <laughs> leave it to the art kid to correct the engineer on his math. Oh, uh, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but it wouldn't work for whoever would have been like 26 either. Was that next to Thomas or just some other random person? Just a random person. Okay. So I assume it was alphabetical. Okay. Yeah. Cause, um, and, um, and then wait, I was why like, why would it be alphabetical? Cause it'd be like Leslie Tompkins, Thomas Wayne, it'd be and a Matthew yearbook. Thorne. I guess this is all, all the last names are kind of close. Yeah, if well, they, it didn't have a name next to the number. That, that okay, was just the right, number yeah. next to his name. I don't know. I My think, other thought was like SAT score, maybe, I, but I think, this was pre when it went up to 36. Oh, it, it originally it was 1,600, then it was 2,400. 24, yeah. SAT yeah. Is, or uh, ACT is 36. Okay. Um, I don't remember. It's been too long. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what those numbers were. I, I know that there are times when the the animators like just put in stuff and you're like where did like they make mistakes and do weird stuff they don't expect they didn't expect audience members to pause to and pause ponder. and like super analyze the numbers how dare they next to a single shot that shot was on screen for a full second what did that mean i know there's so there we could write a whole thesis a whole dissertation possibilities of that single of number 1907 what does it mean what, the, what is it we'll never know but um where were we <laughs> oh, uh, so yeah, so uh, Bruce has, or Batman has discovered that they were all friends together, and he somehow figured out how to get to the warehouse. I don't remember, to be honest. And then he gets attacked by one of the goons who's using the laser to try and defeat Batman. And Batman, he has a concussion, so he's moving kind of slow. So, like the first time he gets hit, he's in 
stumbling his way through the whole thing. Um, and oh yeah, so so when he's fighting the laser guy, yeah, there's they show this off screen, and it kind of bothered me because I'm very they had a weird sound effect, but uh, the laser guy shooting at him, Bruce like jumps over some boxes, knocks him out, and the laser the guy tries to reach for the laser again. Batman lifts him up off screen, and you hear this like crack sound effect, and the guy falls down. And the way that Batman lifted him up, it looked like he like snapped snapped his forearms, oh, or even... something. But it like it was just like a, a brief sound effect in the background, but it disturbed me so much. Oh, I didn't even notice that. It's like this weird like, oh. and it didn't. It wasn't like the normal like punch sound effect, and yeah. so that's why it like threw me off a little bit. And then you see him fall, and his wrists are like out a little bit. I'm like, shit, <laughs> Batman is angry. Just go around breaking some wrists, which makes sense because like you know Leslie Tompkins is one of the few close people he has that's true he yeah it's like and he, her... he always goes a little crazier when it's after either like robin or alfred or, or leslie yeah she's one of the few that he'll, he'll push the boundaries a little bit mm-hmm. so i guess this is the version of batman that like breaks people's limbs rather than kills them yeah like i mean the arkham version of batman breaks a lot of limbs like you're always cracking bones and yeah it's great yeah i love when you like zoom in and it's like the the x-ray and just like oh yeah the super slow-mo and just yeah crack and crumples oh. down to the ground oh, it's so good it's a great game God, I need to go get the uh, the reissue. I haven't gotten that yet. The what? They re-released um, Arkham Asylum <laughs> and Arkham City on the next-gen consoles. So oh, for that's me, awesome. Uh, for me, Xbox One. I've already played them before, but... They're so good. Yeah. I don't know. If, it might be really hard to go to go back to Arkham Asylum just because like it was a city that really established a lot of those mechanics, so the gliding and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. going back to a game where you're just constantly running everywhere... But there's that one scene right before you do the the big Joker fight at the end where you just walk into that room and there's like oh 52 my guys. God, it's such a great. Oh, oh that's the it, that just made everything so great. Yeah, because like you're you're at the end there. You're basically like fully maxed out bat. And yeah, you can get all like, just level one goons. Like, yeah. Oh, this is going to be great. You can get ridiculous combos in that room. Mm-hmm. Well, you're supposed there's an achievement if you get a full combo. because you have to get oh, like yeah. a 180 combo. And that's the only room you can do it in. Yeah. That's so good. That was, oh. Yeah, it was good. Oh, we got to go back. Um, so uh, it, Matt and Leslie get make it onto the, onto roof, the roof. Right? And then, yeah. yeah, there's another goon still chasing them. He's, like, shooting at him. Uh, Batman stops the goon. Matt accidentally drops Leslie. Batman catches her. And then it's just kind of a, it's kind of the end of that moment. Yeah. We see... It, oh, it dissolves to uh, Matt in a police interrogation room. Yeah. And Bruce Wayne, or Bruce comes in. Uh, and Matt, like, doesn't want to say anything. Uh, he's like, I don't owe anyone else any favors. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. Because Bruce, Bruce offers to, like, help pay for his defense and to, like, send him with a lawyer and put in a good word with the judge. And yeah. it's like, why? I don't... Everyone always wants something from me. Why would you want to help me? Mm-hmm. And Bruce says, like, oh, no, I just want something that only you can give me. Can you tell me about my father? It's like, oh, that's... It is... It's a little cheesy, but it, it plays well. Like, yeah. It's a really sweet moment. And, like, they even, the way that, like, Conroy drops his voice and, like, the way they animate the character, he kind of, like, there's something kind of, like, a little bashful, a little shy there. Like, he's almost a little bit embarrassed to say it. And it, it gives you a moment to be like, oh, yeah. And, like, in a lot of ways, he's still a kid who just, like, forced himself to grow up. Yeah. But, yeah, it is, it kind of made up for the rest of it being kind of mediocre. But that one moment was really, really good. Yeah. And it's also, like... I'm sure the only stories Batman knows of his dad are from Alfred. Yeah. And maybe a little bit from Leslie. Sure. But yeah, like anytime you would meet like another family member or not like another friend of a deceased family member, like those are whole new stories you can hear. Yeah. 
Like well, that must be so fascinating to the, like see a different side of a parent or yeah. a different side of. Well, yeah, because you can imagine the people who would have gotten stories from before, <laughs> or of course, would have been Alfred, or would have been Leslie, or you know, obviously the you know multi generational network of the Gotham like superior yeah, the, elite. He'll, he'll know like the business stories. Yeah, but he you know someone who like kind of went to school with his dad and would have been friends with him, you know, at a younger age and you know, have different stories. Like that's a totally different thing. So yeah. it's, it, it is a really, that is a really nice moment actually. Like mm-hmm. again, proof that this show can just do these small little things that are actually like really touching. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't cry. But I got a little, I got a little, I, I felt something. I, I, was like, I was like, what, what, oh, wait, man. there's something funky happening in like my chest. What was that? It was this weird, weird little blip of emotion. And in that moment, his heart grew three times, <laughs> three times that size. <laughs> It's almost a full size now. It's like oh, it's, good. it's gotten dangerously close. <laughs> so, uh, but did you have anything else on this episode? Uh, I have a couple little notes. That okay. I think it's hilarious. Um, around, uh, I don't know if you read about this. Around the office, this episode was known as the old as uh, was known as the geezer episode because it was mainly just old people talking. Oh, I guess it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. which I thought was really funny. <laughs> um. Kind of going off the point of Batman just being like a kid forced to grow up, when you first see the interaction between Bruce and Leslie at the beginning of the episode, she still treats him like a child, which oh, I yeah, think is does. hilarious. Yeah, like he falls into her, her office. It's like, Bruce, oh my God, what happened to you? Uh, well, and then like when she gives him the pills, oh, yeah. it's like, I'm going to give these to you, but you're not going to take, you're not going to follow my orders, so I don't know why I'm still helping you. Yeah. Uh, they have a really sweet dynamic. I like Leslie a lot. Me too. Uh, and then what I wanted to ask you about this episode mm-hmm. is this is now the second villain family episode we've had. Yeah. Uh, if I don't think we have any other big ones, but if we do have another, if they did, if they had written another big family episode, what villain do you, like what kind of villain past moment do you wish they kind of dove into? If like, that makes sense. I worded that very poorly. Like, like what, like background? Because uh, what I kept thinking of is we get it briefly, but I would love like a Two Face episode about their dad. Oh, okay, okay. If we want, okay, so you're saying so if we had we got an episode that gave us more familial backstory from one of the the major villains. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, I think Two Face and his dad would be interesting because mm-hmm. I think in most versions of that he's he's like abusive and that that kind of gives not some justification but some context for. For, uh, for big bad Harv. Um I mean, I, obviously, the obvious not answer would be the Joker, because like the less we know about him, I think the more interesting he right. is. Um, uh, I don't really want to see Harley's daddy issues. That's just too obvious. They, I mean, I we 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 talked about it in the show when Riddler first came up, but I would mm-hmm. love to see the the Riddler dad dynamic. Yeah, I in um the long Halloween and dark victory, and then the the spinoff uh, Catwoman. I think when in Rome, that follows her. She's trying to prove that her dad is Carmine Falcone. Okay. So obviously that character is not in the animated series. Um, but I think that's an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. And it, again, it, it gives more context to her to kind of why why she even starts going after Falcone in the first place is because she kind of knew this rumor. She kind of had this idea that he might be her dad. And so she's trying to figure it out. And she never really gets the answer she's looking for. Yeah. That would have been cool to see. Yeah. Because I, I think it's, we've talked about it before that for Catwoman especially, she kind of tapers off towards the the latter part of the animated series is, is a little less interesting. So uh, I guess that would be my pick would be, would be some Catwoman backstory. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Cause she's a character we get very little backstory for from, yeah. from what I remember. And at least most of the time she's in an episode, she, she's not one dimensional. She has 
interesting things at play. She's kind of looking out for herself, but she does have a good heart. She's kind of trying to do the right thing. And um, yeah, and then I think eventually just becomes just a basic criminal by the time we get to the redesign. Yeah. So yeah, I think her. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yours would be the Riddler. Yeah. And yeah, probably Riddler. Just I mean, he is your I favorite. Riddler I know. I know. I want more Riddler too. I. I don't. We may not see him again for a while, but when he comes back, that's a great episode when he's making all the toys. Mm-hmm. He's like kind of reformed. I vaguely remember it because that's in. Is that new Batman? No, no, that's still in. Oh, um, still in this one. Still in this one. Okay. Yeah, but I I always liked that one because I had a VHS and it was uh, that episode. And then if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? Like those two episodes in one <laughs> VHS. And so I've I've seen those two probably more than anything else. Um. But any other thoughts? Uh, those, were, those are my my little okay. my little points. Uh, here's where we'll cut in the promo this week. It's for uh, oh your your one mission, which I mentioned I think last week as a possible plug, but it's actually the right one this week. Okay, it's a uh, um, Kelly and Micah. God, how did I? Oh, okay, yeah. First there was John Benet Ramsey. Then there was Jonathan Lipnicki. Then there was John Wilkes Booth. Already being deemed a modern classic. Do not be alarmed. Make no indication that this advertisement is compromised. We are the Mission Commission, a cabal formed to subvert the worldwide government. Each week, we lock two unsuspecting geniuses in a room and force them to invent, solve, and innovate. Ensure humanity's progress. Subscribe to Your One Mission on iTunes. Your program will resume shortly. Tune into the Nerdist School Network exclusive listen to Johns with Johns. And now back to your podcast. Wow, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys should go listen to that one. I know. I haven't listened to that one yet, but yeah, I was listening to Kelly's uh, Teen Creeps podcast because I guess it's actually like it's up in the top twenty on comedy podcasts right now. Dang. Yeah. So I listened to it. It's it's really good. I mean, that's awesome. How co- far are we? Huh? I don't. I don't <laughs> think we even listed comedy. I we might, probably like TV. We might be somewhere in like the uh, like towards the bottom like two hundred of the like television esoterica section yeah. maybe maybe just the batman section yeah just in the batman section maybe we're somewhere above the top 100 yeah oh we're on good, the list good on us yeah we're doing it someone remind, remember to put us in the list yeah we forgot for a while that was that was pretty exciting when we made it to a list we made yeah as long as we're on someone's um but so now we're talking about satana satana fun episode i love her yeah i like her a lot too uh written by paul dini yeah which is good. I know. That means it was a good episode. Yeah, he does. Oh, he always does good ones. Yeah, because it. Um, yeah, so Bruce is at uh, Zatanna's show with mm-hmm. Alfred, and we get a uh, another exposition heavy flashback where we learn that. But I love any flashback about his training. Yeah, it's just it makes me so happy. And, and this one's pretty fun too. So he's he's training with Zatara, Zatanna's dad, um, to become Gustavo. Gustav- not just not, sorry, not Gustavo. Giovanni. 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 John. John. Satara. Satara. Uh, yeah, he's trained to become an escape artist, and I guess he's only been there for like three months. But I guess so. He you know worked crazy hard to become a good escape artist and like learn some tips and tricks and things. Um, and or in Houdini's famous chain upside oh, down uh, chain yeah. straight jacket, trick. which we've seen him do before. Yeah. Yeah, we saw it in uh, the shark episode. Oh, that's right. Uh, joke, uh, uh, laughing fish. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because we were talking about too how he ends up upside down in a straitjacket in uh, Mad Love. Oh, yeah. And I remember thinking, like, well, if he knows how to do it, why didn't he get out? And like, oh, that's right, because he was probably deliberately staying in the straitjacket to like get to Harley. Yeah. Which, God, he's a genius. 
Um, but yeah, so he's it's young Bruce is off training with Satara under the alias of John Smith, mm-hmm. and uh, good good alias, absolutely perfect. Satan has a crush on him, understandably. As every woman does in this universe, understandably so. Yeah, um, he's always like peak fitness. Like I don't oh, know at what stage yeah. of training he was into this, but he's like always in peak fitness. I I don't know. It's I'll, a little frustrating. Yeah, I, I'd say like uh, this era Bruce Wayne competes probably with like <clears throat> Dick Grayson at his prime. Yeah. Oh yeah. He yeah. was like the ladies' man. Yeah, which we don't we don't really get like quote unquote hot Dick Grayson until the new Batman Adventures. Really. Yeah, but even still, he has like the mullet. No, it's it's not really a. I guess it is kind of a mullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are better versions of him. But anyway, he's got that angular butt. I'm yeah, not for that. No, that's true. Gotta get that. Okay, anyways, gotta get that booty bounce. Whole booty bounce. But yeah, so Batman's training with him. He's uh, become quite good, and he's leaving to continue his adventures to go study further and uh, zatanna is sad to see him go yeah and uh he plays a little trick on her by escaping from some handcuffs she she walks him to the wall yeah it's like if you were a good escape artist you'd be out of those and out the door by now and she turns around and he's <sighs> he's out, gone out the door i i also love too how zatanna basically says or zatara says goodbye to bruce or to john smith and he's like have fun you kids and it's just like leaves he, he obviously knows that his daughter is like infatuated with this guy yeah but he also knows that, that Bruce is leaving. That's true. Uh, but that doesn't mean he wouldn't. Well, I think because there was I wanted to talk about this at the end, but mm-hmm. um, Zatara actually says, like, I see something dark. And oh, that's true. Yeah. Like, what, what is the word? Um, blah, 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 brooding. blah, 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 blah. No, she says bro- no, Alfred says brooding. brooding. Macabre. I'm just guessing words at this point. Uh, deep and painful. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, so, like, he, like, Zatara knows what Bruce is going to turn into, and he knows kind of the path that he's going down. Yeah. And I think this episode primarily plays on Zatara, Zatanna. I know, it's hard. Uh, Zatanna kind of also learning that, because at the end of the episode, oh, when yeah. she does figure out that Bruce is Batman... Or Bruce or Batman is Bruce. John. Yeah. Oh, that's true. She, she doesn't know, know who Bruce, Bruce is. is. Yeah. yeah. Um, she also sees that dark and painful side. Yeah. And that's why she leaves him because she knows that that's something that they, that's something they can never have together. That's true. I mean, they. Well, I mean, it's kind of implied they had a a bit of a thing going on. Yeah, they had a small romance, but she yeah. knows like she'll never be the most important thing to him. That's true. No one ever will be. No. But it, I mean, it is it is a really good flashback, and then we go back to uh, her show, and she's basically trying to make a massive pile of like ten million dollars disappear. It disappears, but it never reappears. This is I I love this episode because I can see exactly when the people who wrote Now You See Me figured <laughs> out the plot of Now You See Me, and I'm like they were fucking watching this episode. Is there, I've never seen Now You See Me. Is they do like a big mirror thing yep. too to like this. mirror to hide a bunch of money? Yeah. I mean that that's like a classic trick though. Yeah. I like, know, but like the idea of like the money like not reappearing oh. is kind of a point in, in the Are movie. Are you saying that now you see me I guess the plot of that movie, isn't that basically just the plot of this episode? Yeah, exactly. Jesus. Except they're not they're like they know they're criminals. Okay, they're actually criminals, they're not just framed. Right. Yeah, because clearly Zatanna is framed and we're introduced to like the manager of the bank and then a guy, Montague Kane, voiced by Michael York, who is just clearly the villain. Yeah. I'm sorry. If if the Michael... most like one of the most one dimensional villains we've yeah, had in a if, while. If Michael York is your voice actor, he's going to be the villain. Because God is he fantastic. hmm You may recall he was the uh Ken Vertigo. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. That's that's funny. 
Also, Basil Exposition from Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah, Basil. I love those movies. Um, so, so she's arrested. Yeah, Batman comes to save her. He just busts her out of lockup. Like he just steals her from the police transport, which that's pretty ballsy, even for him. Yeah, like that's him directly breaking the law and working against the police, which is something he generally doesn't do. Right. But again, kind of like we mentioned in the last episode, anyone that has like a past yeah. connection with him, he's like a little kind of more. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm glad he, like, it, well, obviously I'm glad he did. It won't be a plot otherwise, but like there's a fun dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. I love her line right after he saves her. Yeah. Her line is, um, what is it? Uh, what okay. do you care about some leggy dame in nylon? Or did I answer your question? Your question for you, yeah. Now, she's really funny and sassy, and she kind of gets under his skin. Because mm-hmm. uh, she even asked him, like, oh, we, we met before? And as Batman with the mask on, he's like, no, I just have one of those faces. Yeah. She's like, oh, that's such a good dry such Batman good banter joke. in this episode. Oh, they do have great banter. See, I'm always saying Batman's better when you have him paired up with somebody. Yeah, yeah and he even, like, gets a little nosy. He's like, oh, uh, yeah. is there anyone here that you want to call, like a friend or family or husband, maybe? Yeah, right. Just do a little, uh, little probing. Like, oh, what's, what's happening with you here? Yeah. I, I do absolutely love that. But yeah, so they, they go back to the bank, and as we were talking about, there's a giant mirror mm-hmm. uh, hidden inside of a giant coin. Yep. So the, the money is another was, giant coin. Another giant coin, yeah. So the, the money was already gone. There's a hologram that was basically projected against the mirror to make it seem like the money was there. Yeah. So, yeah, someone turned her own trick on her. It must have been someone who knows magic tricks. So, of course, it's going to be Montague Kane. Right. And for a second, I thought maybe he was being set up as a maybe red herring. Yeah. Because he was so obviously the villain. Like, he's got, like, like the devil-looking, <laughs> like, goatee thing going on. He's got yeah, the voice. Yeah, the sharp eyebrows. Yeah, he's, like, kind of poking at Zatanna up on the stage. and Like, oh, maybe they're actually being clever. Like, no, they just settled for him being a really obvious villain. Um, because they go to his house and they get uh trapped in a spike pit death trap. Yep. Uh, my note here is Lumos, because she uses her wand to light up the space. Oh yeah, like ah, it's Lumos. Uh, I actually thought this was a pretty clever escape for Batman, like melting the the, the things off. Yeah, because he's in a spike pit. The walls are closing in, and he grabs acid. Like I figured, he's like, oh, he's just gonna grapple his way out, yeah, or, or something like that. Or I thought maybe he was going to um, like melt enough spikes they could like fit in between that's what i was thinking yeah but no because like that's what they do in actual magic tricks is they like squeeze into those oh, tiny spaces that's right yeah they, they find the gaps in between so i figured it was something like that like but mm. you no know, he like melts the spikes uses one to like jam the wall shut climbs up the spike wall and then uses the second one to pry open the lid yeah i like that I, I thought like that was it was not where i was expecting him to go when they usually make really easy outs for batman I right that's pretty clever um so then, i also want to know the origin of like the spike pit because it's yeah. such a cliche. It has been done a lot. I mean, it had to have been a trope before Spielberg did it in Temple of Doom. Yeah. It must have been. Well, I'm sure, like, it was you probably can even go back to the cereals. Egyptians. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, when they would kind of put, like, mummies, they'd mummify someone and put the, like, the, the sarc- sarcophagus, sarcophagus, like, filled with spikes. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, and I, I didn't, I don't know anything about this, but it makes you wonder, was that, like, as they were excavating those tombs, did they find something like that? Or was that like a piece of fiction that got wrote, like written as a result of like all those adventure stories coming out after a, the Egyptian tombs were discovered? I have no idea. Yeah. It's research for another day, I think. Yeah. Well, I also think medieval. I bet that was like a medieval torture oh, thing. Because I feel like I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Where did it come from? I don't know. I expect a full report. I, I'll give uh, you my next, full next dissertation episode next, next episode. We're going to have a filler yeah. episode yeah. about... <laughs> the history of spiked walls. I'm I'm all for it. 
Maybe we'll, someday. We'll, maybe we'll do a two-part, your history of the uh, the sidekicks in comics and also the history of Spike Picks <laughs> in fiction. We'll, 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 we'll work them in together somehow. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find a bridge between those two ideas. Yeah. Um, but so they, they get out and they go off to find Montague escaping on his yeah. crazy-ass plane. Yeah, his retro-futuristic like, like plane yacht. Yeah, thing. The thing's enormous. It's got like a like a grand dining hall. Yeah, looking at the back of it. He's Montague Mon- is like a worse Riddler because yeah, like of. he's he's this like magic expert, like uh, magic trick expert. He's like a debunker. Yeah, yeah. You, I would expect him to have like a lot cooler plans or like tricks up his sleeve or something but he doesn't really have anything outside of the the pit no and and you're right which he, isn't even magical it's not, it's not even magical and he leaves a clue like why would you leave a, like if you're planning on killing somebody uh why would you tell them how to come find you after they may escape yeah i don't know but uh, they, they find him yeah and there's I, i'd say a decent a decent fight up on the plane itself mm-hmm. um i did like at the end when they're like uh they're chained, so Zatanna and Batman are chained together. They're pushed out of the back of the plane, and Batman has lockpicks hidden up his sleeve, but then he, um, like, loops his foot into the cargo net, and they fall out the back. They're still attached. Yeah. I like that, actually. But did the, the piece of dialogue that went oh, along with that yeah. might have been the worst line I've ever heard in this series. But trust me, Zara? No. Uh, uh, Monahue says this to Zatanna. says, goodbye, Zatanna. We could have been magic. And then oh, pushes them out. I didn't and even I, catch I that. And I paused it after that. And I'm like, Paul Dini, did you really write that line into this episode? There, there are some weak lines in this one, I have to admit. But that one just like, it, it hit me hard. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, that's pretty bad. Oh, uh, but yeah, so. You left me some puns, but. Oh. Uh, they break out of their locks. They climb back up the cargo net. Yeah. And then another kind of fight ensues. Yeah. So I love it too, because they. Batman and Zatanna get up onto the roof of the plane, up onto the fuselage, and Batman's basically adjusting the uh, the wings so the plane's kind of flying all over the place. And the goons go out to fight him, and my, I have a note here, which is if these guys fall off, there's no bonsai <laughs> trees to catch them, yeah. assuming that they couldn't just get pushed off the plane because they're flying at altitude. They still get pushed off the plane. Yeah. And they just land in the water, and I guess they're okay. They, they even said before, when they were about to push Zatanna and Batman off the plane... Uh, you're not going to have enough time to get out of these chains before you hit the water. Yeah, which I guess was that... Making people think that, like, the water was going to kill them. Well, I guess in that case, they, they would drown because they're tied together. Yeah, but they could still move their feet. Yeah. They saw... The, the, the tying was only waist up. That's true. Yeah, so they... Yeah. They could still break themselves out in the water. Yeah. We've had a couple episodes now with some pretty egregious falls into water. I'm like, uh... Yeah. I don't know about these. Um, but then... What is they get back into the plane, they just punch Montague in the face, and it's... Yeah, pretty much. That was just done. kind of over. Yeah. I mean, there's a nice little moment at the end there between the two of them. I, I did love that moment, because she asked um, kind of what made you put this on. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she, uh, she figures out that... Oh, no, Batman calls her the nickname that Zara. He's, yeah. Yeah, that John used yeah. to call her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she figures out that Batman is John slash Bruce. Uh, and that's when she kind of realizes this kind of dark and painful history that he has. Uh, and it's like, what made you do this? And it was kind of like a, a cute little parallel between like how she follows her father and how Bruce follows his father. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Because uh, like she, they they mentioned in the episode that Zata- Zatara is supposedly dead. Yeah, yeah, he's gone. And so she's kind of living his legacy by becoming a a performer just like him. Yeah. So it's a 
cool little parallel between, I mean, a lot of the villains kind of have that thing of like how their parents influenced who they are now. Mm-hmm. It's fun to see a, a light side of that. Isn't that, was, wasn't that part of, was it Young Justice 2? Wasn't there an episode with Zatanna and Zatara where he had to like sacrifice himself to, to, uh, he, he, uh, donned the, the Dr. Fate helmet. Oh, that's right. Because Zatanna initially had used it. Yeah. And it wanted um, to like bond with her. It, yeah, I wanted to bond with her, but Zatara convinced it that he was a better. He he was more inept in the in the magic arts. Adept. What did I say? Inept. Adept. The opposite. Thank you. Uh, He's he way was, more inept, so he convinced. Dr. He was a, he was a more powerful magician. <laughs> yeah, and so it made sense for Doctor Fate to take hold of his, to use his body as a vessel. Okay. Yeah. I think that's. I think there's like a, a story in the comics too. Like I, I, the research I'm, I'm doing I'm on sure. her, that like she was looking for. Her dad, like he disappeared. I think that's like kind of a common thing is that at some point she loses him because he does something to save her. Yeah. I think that was in Smallville too. Maybe. There's something like she was, I, I read a brief synopsis of her Smallville episode and she was like trying to resurrect her dad, but he like sacrificed himself to save her. I think, mm-hmm. it's, I think that's a pretty common thing. So we don't know what happened to him in this. I don't think we ever actually learned in the future. I think in this, we assume he just died. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, he, is he in JLU? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think it's just her. Okay, because he's definitely, in, he's a major component, not a major, he's a pretty big component in Young Justice. Yeah, that's right, because uh, that version of Zatanna is younger. Yeah. Because like, that version is peers with Robin, with, mm-hmm. with Dick Grayson, not with Batman. Right. Yeah. I and, love, God, I love Young Justice. It is really good. And it's such, they, like, they nail the storyline of Zatanna. So, I, I love Zatanna, and yeah. she has so few kind of appearances in both comics and in media. But she's such a like, such an interesting figure. Yeah. To be pitted up because she's she's never pitted up with like or she's rarely pitted up with the other magicians. Like in the comics, she has some run-ins with Justice League Dark. Yeah, and, and she I, does have a relationship with John she, Constantine she, every now and then. Yeah, I think she mostly partners up with uh, Constantine with Batman. Mm-hmm. But she's a good foil for Constantine too because he's like so just kind of obnoxious and kind of not I don't want to say lecherous, but I mean you know he kind of like shamelessly hits her all the time and yeah she doesn't care. Yeah, she. I mean, yeah, she kind of just accepts it. Yeah, and it's funny if uh, speaking on that, her costume, like she she doesn't dress to be a crime fighter. She dresses no. to be. She's a performer first. Yeah, fighter second. Yeah, and that's kind of her whole. Yeah, she's like wearing like the tuxedo top hat and then fishnets rather than you mm-hmm. know like dress pants like you'd expect. Yeah, and what I thought was interesting is in this episode is it it sets her up as a um, like a magician, an illusionist. It yeah, never she doesn't actually shows her using her powers. Right. So it doesn't confirm that she's actually a sorceress, which we know she is by the time she reappears in JLU. Well, in I guess in the comics that was also a thing was oh, okay. she started out as just a magician and oh, then she found her she okay. like she came onto her powers later. Okay, cuz I mean her whole thing is that she she casts spells by saying the words backwards. Yeah. So she does that in this like when she's going to make the money reappear, she says abracadabra backwards. Oh, I but didn't that's, catch that. Yeah, but it's all—it's still part of the illusion, though. It's not her actually casting magic. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting because I guess we, have we not have we not had a genuinely magical character yet? In... This is the first out like non Batman character we've had. So I was gonna—I was gonna ask you. Yeah. Uh, I we have, I think we have a couple more through this and new Batman adventures. Oh, other magical characters or just non Batman, non Batman. Oh, okay, heroes. like. like, like "Quote unquote crossovers." When yeah, you, yeah. Um, Were there any obscure characters that you wish, like either they could have popped up in Superman or in Jail or JLU, 
or, or any that you wish you would come through this um, world? So I know the, I think there's only three characters, three prominent DC characters that never, oh, I guess four, that never really made their way into this. Most of them are magicals. Like John Constantine, I think is ever in the Timverse. Yeah, I don't um, think so. The Spectre, who I really like. Oh, but I, yeah. I know him mostly from uh, Kingdom Come. Yeah. But I, I think he's an interesting character. He never makes it in. Um, uh, God, who else? Oh, uh, Plastic Man and Blue Beetle never appear. Oh, I'd have loved it. Plastic Man. I love Plastic Man and Batman. Yeah. And those are, at least they have Elongated Man. But those two, I think there was some rights things with some other company. I think they had sold oh, off okay. those rights early. Um, so those characters couldn't appear in this. <laughs> I think I think any of those would have been interesting. Cause, I mean, yeah, because there was a Plastic Man TV show for a very short spurt, right? Oh, was there? Like mid-90s, I want to say. That does sound kind of familiar. Because... Um, Wait, Plastic Man is in Young Justice? I don't remember. Uh, Elongated Man is. Okay. And then in Static Shock, we have Rubber Band Man, who I love. Rubber oh, Band that's Man. right. Yeah. But yeah, so there, there was a few. He's illiterate. Yeah. Um, they had a whole episode about teaching him how to read. Oh, my God. Of course there is. Uh, I mean, there's some other characters that I like that were just older characters. Like, I think Our Man's, like Rex Tyler version of, uh, of Our Man's kind of interesting. I think a few of those are just kind of other versions of Batman in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Plastic Man would have been fun. Um, oh, I was way off. What? Uh, Plastic Man comedy adventure show was uh, 79 to 81. Oh, yeah, you were way off. But it existed. It did exist. I think that's part of the reason why he never showed up. So, yeah, I think there's a handful that I would have liked to see just because we got pretty much everybody else. But what about you? Um, I love... I th- I, I don't remember... This might be a Batman Brave and Bold episode. But in Brave and Bold, um, Dead Man makes a bunch of appearances. Oh, in Boston, Dead Man. Boston yes. Brands. Yeah. Uh, he appears in one of the comic books set in this universe. Oh, okay. Which I had as a kid, so I read it a lot. But uh, you're right. He never is in the show. Is he ever in? He's, I don't even think he's in. JLU? I don't think so. Not, not that I remember. Oh, uh, wait. Wait, no. He takes over Batman's body. That's, I think there's one episode with him, I think, towards the end. Yeah. Because I think they're fighting Gentleman Ghost. Oh, I think you're right. But... I, it's been so long since I've seen those episodes. Yeah. They all blend together they between do. that and Brave and Bold. Yeah. Because Brave and Bold, he's in a good handful of episodes. Yeah, because Brave and Bold's pretty much always crossovers, right? That's kind of yeah. his whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every episode is a different crossover. That's so cool. I gotta watch Which that. is awesome. I love that series so much. I want to go back and rewatch. I'm waiting for it to come back on any streaming service. Uh, I'm, well, it might, it might pop up on Amazon. I know it's off Netflix, but I know Netflix really isn't buying as much back content anymore. Like, I, I think even Buffy and Angel are going off. Which sucks. I started those years ago and never finished. I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> Don't say that on this podcast. What? Because we know a bunch of Buffy fans. Oh, that's true. But I'm sure they have it already yeah. on DVD. Still, it's sad, though. Yeah. No new fans. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to see... I would, I would have loved for Dead Man to pop up in this world. Yeah. he. That's true. He is a great character. Again, he pops up in Kingdom Come, and he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, oh, we, we do eventually get Shazam. That's right. Oh, yeah. I think in like one episode of JLU or maybe a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what really surprises me, kind of jumping out of this universe, uh, and I didn't realize until doing my research, is Zatanna never popped up in Teen Titans. Did she never? No. They had one episode where they fight a magician. I think it's Mad Mod acting as a magician. Okay. Where Raven kind of puts, like, has a similar uniform or outfit. Oh, okay. Where she she puts on the top hat and has the wand. Yeah. And they kind of kind of cameo her as Zatanna. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, get, I mean, they have a magic character in Raven, but there's still enough contrast between Raven and Zatanna. You could have had them in the same yeah. thing together. Because, like, um, even the direct-to-DVD 
Oh no, I guess that's not true. I'm th- I guess I'm thinking of Young Justice because in the director DVD Teen Titans movies, Raven's in there. But I guess Satana's not. Never mind. Mm-hmm. I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. Because even when they, even the last season of Teen Titans, they have like, sorry, um, all of the like sidekick characters pop up. Uh, even then, she shouldn't even pop up. And they had some of the most obscure, really, like the like the obscure of the obscure. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of my favorite ones. Um, there's the the trumpet guy who opens alternate dimensions. Wow, that's um, a deep cut. I have no idea. Who oh that is. my god, what is his name? Because he he teams up with. Well, there's Music Meister. Is, is that? No, it's not him. That's a villain though. Music Meister. Yeah. Um, he teams up with uh, Deathstroke's son. Uh, his Ravage? name Jeremo. No. Oh, because uh, Ravage is his daughter. Ravager. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ravager. Um. Uh, Ger- Ger- something like Jeremo or something like Geronimo? that. Geronimo? No, it's not Geronimo. I it's been so long since I've seen these episodes, but I love all of these characters. Um, there oh, there's so many good villains. There's so many good heroes that pop up in the in that huge crossover. Oh, it's, yeah, I guess it's interesting that she never popped up in there. Yeah, because like she is pretty popular. I mean, she does, she does pop up in a lot of stuff. I mean, we talked about what Brave and the Bold, this Young Justice, mm-hmm. Smallville. Um. She's long rumored to appear in the Justice League Dark movie, if that ever gets made. Which oh, yeah. I would love to see her in that. Um, and, but, yeah, I mean, I, I was trying to look up any, any, like, major comic arcs with her. I mean, so we were talking about before the show about how she was the one who wiped Dr. Light's memory and triggered the events of Identity Crisis. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of her biggest storyline, right? I don't know if there's any other Yeah, ones. yeah, and that's, like... Uh... Again, that's another big her and Batman story because she also wiped his memory. Spoilers, by the way. She I also mean, wiped his memory of old, her so. wiping the memory of Dr. White. Yeah, because didn't Batman like walk in on that happening and then she yeah. wiped his memory? And yeah. he was like about to beat the shit out of the people that approved it because it was Adam, Green Arrow, and someone else it's who like approved it. Flash, Black Canary, uh, I don't know. I l- no, Black Canary and Green Lantern were against it. That's what I remember. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he, like, he dove for them and Whoa. went after them. Yeah. I mean, they, God. The Herald, that's his name. That was the, the trumpet player. Oh, okay. I'm looking up all of the, the crossover characters. Oh, okay. The Herald, Hotspot, Gnark, who's awesome. Jericho, that's, uh, oh. Deathstroke's son. Oh, okay. See, he, he looks into people's eyes and he can take over their body. He's really cool. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Jinx is obviously there. Kid Flash is there. Uh, Kilowatt is there, who's awesome. Cole and, um, yeah, Cole and Gnark. Gnark is a, a caveman, and Cole can turn herself into like a, a human crystal. He just like uses her as a club and beats what? people. That's so bizarre. It's also uh, very Teen Titans. Yeah, Mossy Minos are the, the Spanish speedsters. Panther is the uh, the like strongest woman in South America. She's just a, a lucha a luchadora. Oh, I vaguely recall some of this. Maybe I've seen a little. Bit Red of this. Stars, the the Russian uh, guy. Speedy is obviously Speedy. Mm-hmm. Tara. Oh, poor Tara. I oh, miss Tara. her so much. Yeah. God, these, I'm going to go back and rewatch these episodes tonight. I'm sure you are. Thunder and Lightning. <laughs> Tram. <sighs> Sorry. I'm gonna, I don't know. Well, well, I'm just, I'm just going to keep reading the names off. There's so many. Um, I don't know. Any other like thoughts on Zatanna or this episode or anything like that? Uh, not really. I, I recommend everyone go read Identity Crisis. I think it's a pretty, pretty cool story. Yeah, I've never read an interesting detective that. piece. Yeah. Um, and it's like, for me, learning about the DC universe started with reading the big crossovers. I think my first, like, that was your entry point. 
Well, my actually, my, my entry point was Final Crisis, which is even stupider. Oh my god! Uh, and basically, it'd be me and my friend, and we would we would read it together. And every time we came across a character we didn't know, we would stop reading. This took like a month. We'd stop and go to Google and read everything oh we could god. about each character. Yeah, and that's how I like got my basic knowledge of DC. And, I mean, that works. Yeah, uh, and Identity Crisis. It's pretty common characters, so it's like for people that aren't as accustomed to the outside. DC characters. I think it's a pretty easy entry point. Yeah. Outside of like elongated man. Yeah. Who, which I mean, he's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Like, he's he's stretchy. Yeah. He's like a detective but stretchy, basically. Um, yeah, I should read that at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as good as the uh, the other big crossovers. Like Infinite Crisis is still one of my favorites. Blackest Night is supposed to be pretty good. Black right? oh, Blackest Night is great. There's just, uh, there's just too much to read in those. It's I just know. Like, it's too much. It's too much to read. Like you said, it takes forever because you have to like, go back and do all this research. I'm just like, I can't. Yeah. Well, Infinite Crisis, you don't have to do it as much. Infinite Final... Crisis or Identity Crisis? Infinite. Okay. Because Infinite but... came after. Because it was Identity, Infinite, uh, Final. Final. Okay. Because okay. wasn't it Infinite that triggered, not the new 52, but it was like Infinite. And then after that was like, it wasn't called the new 52, but it was called like 52 or something like that? Uh, yes. Because that's when... Um, Earth Two kind of move because Earth Two is where Lois died. Okay. And Super Earth Two Superman comes into Earth One and kind of just kidnaps Earth One Lois. Oh Jesus! Oh God! It's hard. It's already. I'm already rolling my eyes. It's already too much. <laughs> that, that's. Uh, I think that's a pretty small point though. There, there's a lot of cool story in there. Okay. Well, other than uh, the various crises, any other bat plugs you got for us? Um. Yeah, we went to go. I, I think I'm gonna steal this from you. We that's went fine. to go see Beauty ones, and the so. Beast. It's so good. It's so wonderful and, and just fun. And everyone should go see it because it's just like, it's so just like heartwarming. Yeah. It's it's a big, bright, fun, well-made musical. Yeah. And like, I think it's spiritually very close to the original. I just, I rewatched the original after seeing the new one. Oh, you did? And I'm like, I, I'm not going to say that the new one's better. I don't think it is. But it like, it expands the whole world and the characters in a way that I, I think actually gives it a little more richness. Yeah. Uh, so I watched that, and then I'm about halfway through Iron Fist right now. Okay, how is it? Because you you told me it's okay. Someone else told me don't even bother. It's terrible. So I'm I'm I don't understand why there's it's getting so much hate. I I don't think the writing is as strong as uh, like Daredevil. I think mm-hmm. uh, like Jessica Jones is still Jessica Jones is, is my favorite one of yeah. the universe so far. Um, like yeah, I don't think the writing is as like emotional as Jessica Jones or as kind of witty and smart as daredevil okay um but i mean like as someone who what who started with the cw shows like it's i think if, if you're looking on a scale it's like between the cw shows and the marvel shows oh okay all right that's fair like it, it's better than it's better than gotham for sure well, everything is better than gotham i'm just i'm putting it on a scale i, okay. I would say it's better than arrow okay. it's, i'd say it's about on par with maybe a on par a little lower than flash okay on the scale of shows that's fair okay no i mean i'm going to watch it yeah just because i i also feel like especially with the defenders coming up i just want to get in there and yeah no there's probably some setup i would think yeah i i haven't like i said i'm only i'm just starting to get in like the main plot okay because you know how marvel likes or netflix likes to stretch out their story god they really do though i wish they would take it down to like eight to ten episodes yeah because even their best drags in the middle mm-hmm. even jessica jones drags yeah but at least with jessica jones you got the villain in like the first three that's or four true episodes. so good david tennant because i'm in episode five and I, I think i know who the villain is but i'm still not even you're like, not 100 there right oh god well i i will end up watching it i'm sure this week yeah um might take me a little while though 
That's fine. Uh, what, do you, what do you have to plug? Um, you still haven't finished Ready Player One, and I'm no, still I'm very like, frustrated with you. I'm like two-thirds of the way through. That's I, not enough. I'm getting there quickly. I think I should be done within the next week, would be my guess. Um, but my plug this you week... You have to finish before our, our movie outing this week when we go see Power Rangers, because there might be a Power Rangers reference at the end of the book. Okay. Okay. Okay, fine. I will have it... That's fine. You don't have to. I will try to have it done by, what, Thursday, whenever we go to go see... Power Rangers. Oh, I'm so excited. I know. It's going to be terrible. I'm still looking forward to it. Uh, my plug this week is a web series my friends made, actually. Oh. So it's called The New Hardy Boys. My friends, Jose and Zach, uh, they made it together. They, they co-wrote it, directed it, and then star in it. And so it's it's like a comedy twist on The Hardy Boys. <laughs> but what's great is that it brings in like a whole bunch of other kind of characters of the same genre. So like uh, they have Nancy Drew, who's like super high on herself and is like constantly at war with the Hardy Boys, and like Sherlock is in there, but it's like a more crazy, drugged out, exaggerated version of like the BBC Sherlock. Uh, one of the my favorite episodes, it's only like six, it's sharp, it's really good. My favorite episode is when they uh, go to talk to like Mr. Inc. and Scooby in the game. I was about to ask if they, they meet Scooby yeah, in the so game. they they have uh, Daphne and Velma in there, and it is so so damn funny so obviously i, I put the links for everything but I'll put that in there yeah the new hardy boys it's that's awesome. six episodes it it's, it's really funny so uh that's my plug this week and maybe by the next episode i'll have been on to a new book yeah maybe hopefully hopefully <laughs> and then we'll, we'll be talking about power rangers too i'm sure oh man guys if we don't get it to batman next week <laughs> i don't apologize because i'm gonna have a lot to say about power rangers Oh, no. I guess I get, I don't need to plug it, but I've been watching Power Rangers all week, and it's so lovely. Watching that marathon. Yeah, 16 days. Oh, Jesus. So much Power Rangers. They just started uh, Lightspeed Rescue by the oh. time we start, by the time we recorded this podcast. Oh, couldn't, couldn't do it. Uh, it's just brain mush. Yeah. As the new one will be, I'm sure. Still looking forward to it. Yeah. But until we get around to talking about Power Rangers like once again, and maybe some Batman, uh, you can find us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Lordifer. I'm at Cameron.dexter. He's got that down. You got that I down. got it down you now. Got it down. Yeah. I'm good. No second guessing. Uh, yeah. And so uh, our next one of our next episodes will be uh, The Mechanic, which I really like. And, and uh, I, uh, Harley and I, but yeah. Yeah. I, I might, we might have a guest for that one too. I'm, more, I'm trying to work that out. Cool. So, um, but until then, thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Thanks, guys. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.